1: It is a bitter cold day here in Utah on February 25th. Thanks for being with us. I'm Heidi Hatch with KUTV2 News. You can watch me on air at 5, 6, and 10 p.m. Greg Hughes, freshly off Capitol Hill, where he's fighting the good height. Fight, height, fight. You're fighting. Good fight. Good fight. He claims to be a good fight. Citizen Hughes fighting on the
2: side of angels, as per usual
1: mara carabello <laughs> pulling the strings behind yes. the scenes thanks for being here i, I wasn't everyone. just on the hill you no. weren't i know i was just in no, my she's, office
2: she's I'm the not invisible hand of like. pushing liberal <laughs> agendas leftist yes. agendas to cross this state yeah, of ours that's
1: right. mm, well i'm glad you're both here for the conversation <laughs> i feel like i don't know what i know that maybe i'm the only one that's feeling like this but i just feel heavy this week with i think everyone has been to the point where they were just sick and over the pandemic and now we have war going on where i think people are so frustrated at least i feel frustrated because it's like what can you do other than sit back and watch uh, russia in its third day of attacks by ground sea air against ukraine ukraine's people putting up what seems to be a good fight. I don't think it's going to be enough in the end, but fighting for their land. Uh, Mara, were you surprised after all of the posturing and all of the troops on the border that this actually happened, or was this what we expected?
0: Well, I mean, it was certainly what America's been forecasting for a, a couple of yep. weeks and pretty clearly forecasting. Um, I think everybody holds a shared belief that you never know what Putin's going to do, So, and of what kind and of what type. I've been... Um, please so far with the world's response I mean I think we're focused I think the big test of us will we stay in it when it gets tougher and will we ramp up I mean I think the uh, U.S. approach has been to hammer down on some pretty hard restrictions and sanctions but it's not all we have in our toolkit and so how quickly will we bring other um, resources to bear how much will we stay I will say I agree with you Heidi that it's been a heavy week Um, it feels though like you just have to continue to appreciate the Ukrainian people. Like, it's amazing to hear these stories of people who had a chance to go and are saying, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to defend my country. Mm-hmm. And it's a quintessential, I mean, it's defending Democracy. I mean, it's right where it happens. We haven't had that, this this juxtaposition for years, and you really have to admire their dedication to their identity and their wanting freedom and democracy in their country. And I hope that we, meaning um, NATO alliance, I hope we step up to the plate for them.
1: And I think the scary part when we look at this is. I mean, everyone keeps saying it. This is the first time since the beginning of World War II when uh, Nazis went into Poland that we've seen an unprovoked attack on a country. So, um, Greg, we've been watching... President Biden, his reaction, his sanctions, and I think in the last couple of hours he's rolled out new sanctions, specifically against Putin and his billions of dollars. But so far the sanctions, at least in my mind, and I'm not a Russian expert or a sanctions expert, but it seems like the sanctions are a bit of a slap on the wrist. Um, We have sanctioned a few things, but it seems to me, even by President Biden's admission yesterday, that we've got to give it a month or two before we see if anything does, if we need to jigger it a bit.
2: Yeah, so I I was really hoping that uh that this was posturing. I was hoping this was a bluff. I I felt like unfortunately when the talk of Ukraine potentially entering as a NATO ally, as a country mm-hmm. that would enter NATO, that was a that was a direct threat or Putin interpreted that as a threat and I was I thought that the, the even the, you know, putting troops along the border was meant to signal that, you know, that's not going to go that's not going to go over well if they become a NATO ally. Um, and I, to be honest with you, that would be like you know another Cuban Missile Crisis for us. If you were to see uh, Russia come and be part of uh, Cuba, that we would see that as a threat. Or if you saw China in, in Cuba with you know prepare to defend Cuba, that that could be seen as a threat from us. So I was hoping that, and there was a good op-ed from uh, from uh, John Huntsman saying that. The NATO conversation, they, they've never really qualified. Their GDP's never been big enough. We, it should it, It's regrettable that that conversation ever happened because it did heighten everything. And he had hoped that dismissing that and, and saying that they're not going to be part of NATO could calm the waters and let diplomacy take—you know take place. And so I was kind of burning a candle for that route. So I am actually surprised to see this invasion. However, look, there's a saying, I'm going to slaughter it, but it's something like, you know, tyrants don't, don't attack strong, strong countries or when you look strong. It's when people look weak. That's when tyrants do what they do. And I have to say, sadly, I think the United States, with all we've been through, with all that's going on, we look like a weak country. And if you're going to attack, you're going to attack when you don't think that there's a world leader like the United States. Well, I think the United States' strength is felt around the world. And I think its weakness is felt around the world. And so it gives uh, someone like Putin, uh, I think he feels like he can make the, these threatening overtures invade Ukraine. And it's sad. It's really sad. And I, But I am telling what's really sad is my youngest kid is very thoughtful. And he's really, really upset about this. And I've told him, it's, you know, he's, he's, he's 18, but he's he really thinks these things through. And I said what Mara said. I said, look, the world is rallying. You know, they are coming together to oppose this. And so don't – he's he worries about these things. Anyway, it's hard as a dad to explain to your kid who just for some reason it just feels personally so upset and threatened by it you know, with all we've been through. So anyway, I, it's it's a tough, so to your point, it's a heavy week. It's it is, it's really disappointing to see all this happen.
1: We're an interconnected world. And you mentioned the fact that maybe you're a weak country and depending on who you talk to and who's, spouting off on Twitter at the moment, it's because of inflation or it's because of the president or, you know, there's many different things, but I even look at the infighting in our country. I don't think we look strong to people on the outside right now Mm -mm. because we're so busy tearing each other down on different sides that I just think that we... Look a little weak, sauce. Would you agree with that, Mara? Or is that so? I'm going to broaden bad... it back to
0: international relations because yeah. it's not a singular relationship. Yeah. it's not America and Russia. Yeah. And I think one of the opportunities that we have right now is there was some nice reflection by Angela Merkel this week, who I think is an incredible leader. And one of the things that she said to herself and to her allies in Europe is, "Gosh, maybe several years ago we should have been more aggressive about Georgia, and maybe this is part of the incremental stop." So what I would say to that notion is, I'm going to. Resist the urge to move into petty partisanship. I heard this morning a report that I disagreed with and I was really bummed by in which this reporter was sort of breaking apart the um, Republican critic's of the current position. And to be honest with you, I think the majority of members of Congress have been united at this point. That doesn't mean they'll stay united. But resisting the urge to find the two dissenting voices is something we have to continue to do. I think by and large, now that's different than the politic about the Biden administration. I get the politic of it. But I think by and large right now, it seems like members of Congress are rather aligned in the first step we took. I think there'll be a challenge about how far we'll go. America is a unique position of sanctions too because we're not getting the brunt of those sanctions. Europe will, right? Europe is much more. So it's really easy for us to say, let's cut off these things, because we're not going to suffer as much as Europeans are when we sanction these activities. But they talked a lot about, you know, there's this concept that you want to, I don't think Russians are completely aligned behind Putin. I think that if we can stay allied with each other as democratic nations, this might be the first opportunity in a dozen years to go back to the old ideal of america and uniting yeah, and, and standing and, by and each i other. don't
2: think it's a partisan sentiment to say that when the united states is strong the world is feels stronger right. or is stronger or that if the america is seen or perceived as weak then the world seems more dangerous or weak and i don't i don't find that to be partisan i think that's it's a reality i think we've been this lone superpower and i think what happens here has a ripple effect i will say that America's just because of everything we've been through, you're not seeing – I don't think you're seeing like a conventional wisdom emerging from this, like what we should do. I don't think that the American people are looking forward to sending our troops to defend the Ukraine border um, when we have border issues even in the United States. But then again, watching this on TV and doing nothing or worrying that the sanctions aren't strong enough, that doesn't feel right either. And so there's just not even a sentiment of – Usually we rally in times like this, and you want to rally, and you want to actually know what the pathway is forward. And to your point, Mara, when when things get like this, the partisanship should really go out the window. We really should as Americans and and as people really have a, a sentiment where we're all seeing this the same way. It seemed to have been natural before. I don't feel it now. Greg, I, I d- don't know what I we should be doing. I disagree
0: with you. I think the large, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to move to indicting now. I think the largest. <laughs> I think the largest <laughs> it's been so lawyer. Long. Yeah, it's bad. very good. Um, I think that this, that most people are in America are are rallying. I think that, that everyone understands the threat of Putin, and I think everyone understands the consequences of allowing a democracy to be with taken over. Sanctions?
2: Is that the right? No,
0: no. But that's step one, right? Yeah. This is this is this is a a, a full on. I'm going to say game, I don't mean that in a frivolous way, right? You've got to take the moves when you make the moves. You don't go all in and you have to make assessments. So we're at step three. We're not at step one. His invasion was, you know, whatever we are in the step. I will say who I think is harming this is the chirping by the Trump camp in which he is – and you can – Mark it off to saying oh, he's you, doing his own you're thing. Going,
2: she's going partisan. We're all we're no, all I'm coming not, together here trying I'm, to figure out Greg, how to deal I'm with Greg, I'm not, Putin. and I
0: want to make a distinction between the Republican members who are elected right now yeah. and Trump's goals. And I, I know you're going to mark it off to Trump. I'm not trying to over-focus on him. But that sort of chirping about the politic of it right now— I think is tone deaf to it. And I'm not going to indict the Republicans. I think the Republicans in office are doing the business at hand. And I actually don't think I see at this moment, next week, we may be talking about the dissent. But I think right now I I am hearing one voice and I am hearing a call that says we can't let what Putin is doing stand. Now, well, do true. we have to let it play out? So I am feeling um, sort of a coming together, not in a 1940s way, but in a way I haven't felt. 11 way. But in a way, well, that was about us, right? We we. Sure, that, it's easier right. when about it's about us. us. Yep. Yeah,
2: that's true. Um,
0: So I'm not going to be, I think it's a heavy week, but I am
1: not feeling partisan. And I'm actually feeling a little like we might rally. Your, your do your we point need about to about roll back the hands of time? I'm wondering if, I mean... It's not popular right now to have a Keystone pipeline or to have drilling down in the Four Corners region of Utah, but if we want to um, find ways to be stronger as a country, and I know we want um, to be greener in the future, do we just need to get back on our feet where we can take care of ourselves? Does well, that help us right now?
2: I think energy independence is important, and I liked it. I liked when we were, and I thought that fuel prices were lower. And I think that those the, the dependency on foreign oil is going to have a is going to be costly because of this. So. And so it, I mean, but just, I wanted to say also to Mara the point you said,
1: agree with her. I,
2: face. I, I can I can feel your look, but I will say too that when it's not about us, we don't we feel it differently. Let's remember that after the Olympics in I think it was even in Russia when Obama was president, they have invaded uh, Crimea, right. right? So we've had yeah. we've had Putin do this before, and I mean, no. so it's not like this isn't right, happened. That's what
0: that's what Europe's talking so about. Yeah, Man, so, should we have so let them go in? Obama, any-
2: yeah. So Obama, we lived through this through a different presidency as well. So it's not like. So yeah it's it's not
0: I think this is a watershed moment. The one thing I'll say about the issue of uh, talking about oil. Yeah, I think energy independence is um, important and it's a different issue. I think that when we when <laughs> we try and do problem. a direct relationship between... We don't get our oil from Russia in the simplified version of the world. Europe does. We don't get our natural gas. But right now what you would do to flood the market is look at oil reserves. It's all um, the supply um, you, and demand. You, you wouldn't look at initiating new drilling, right? Like that. that's a long play. You don't use long Long plays to help short plays, and the and but the oil prices are caused from an undue amount of banking eight years ago, and so this simplified version of Russia goes Keystone in
2: pipeline being shut down and the oil and gas leases being suspended. Don't long have anything play. To do with it? No, I
0: mean we've got oil reserves right now. Where um, I, it's a problem that the oil prices are so high, and it's a it's a solution for America. America generates oil as well. So when when oil companies do well, a lot of American sectors do well. It's not as simple as Russia did this, therefore we but, have a supply-demand on on the North American continent. We're about to do indirect relationships with Iran. That will be more important to our oil economy than what Russia is I think doing.
2: The, but the, oil, the the gas oil industry of Russia, I mean, Germany, Merkel's not in charge anymore. And it's nice that she thinks the way she does. But I'm telling but you But Schultz that, has the same point but, of view. No, But they wouldn't shut down. The, they weren't ready at- Earlier on, to shut down that project, that oil pipeline, it was only just recently they've basically they've made the biggest sacrifice
0: so far. Yeah,
2: but but it would have been better if they were doing that earlier on. But were they're dependent on that oil from Russia, or felt that they no no oil dependency on Russia matters. I
0: just don't think it's why I'm pumping
2: what I'm pumping on Ukraine city's name. What how you say that? What is that name?
1: I think in the 80s we called it Kiev, and now we call it Kiev. So here's here's the definition (laughs) of the difference. So growing up, we've called it Kiev. And that is the Russian pronunciation, as I understand it, oh. of of what the city is. Now, people who have lived in Ukraine have always called it Kiev. And I think now that the world is listening and seeing that Russia is the aggressor aggressor, and this is Ukraine's land. I think is the shift in how we're saying it, and so for a while I couldn't figure out either. But I think it's offensive to Ukrainians because to pronounce it. So So for them, it's Kiev. So let me
2: just add this little twist because I didn't know that, and I can't believe I didn't know this till today. Um, The mayor of Kiev is Vladi Klitschko. Vladi Klitschko was heavyweight champion of the world. His brother Vladimir Klitschko was also heavyweight champion of the world. For over a decade, these two brothers have ruled the heavyweight ranks. Now, why, does, why is that important? In Europe, these two brothers, and the ones the mayor of this mm-hmm. Ukraine, and they're, by the way, saying, we're not moving an inch. We're going to fight, and we're staying. And to your, we're not going anywhere. We're going to fight, and we're going to defend our city. They filled NFL-sized soccer stadiums with fans across Europe for these heavyweight fights. Mm-hmm. So for these two brothers who are incredibly prolific in sports – to be in uh, literally on the front lines. Yeah. This this is actually going to draw the attention. They probably have a larger audience than a head of state would, in, in the with Europeans and even with Americans. I mean, at least I know who they are. But anyway, to have these two brothers uniquely and sadly in in this fight and on the front lines of of, a, of an invasion, I think it will draw uh, important te- attention. And I Europeans love these two brothers in terms of their being heavyweight champs. So. I think
1: Zelensky, too, um, is an interesting character, too, that I don't think people have largely taken seriously until now. But he's been very eloquent. When I've listened to him, I mean, his messages to his people about taking up arms and fighting and not running with their backs and facing them forward, I I thought he's, he's done a good job. It's not a message that's going to get to the Russian people, which I think he was hoping, but I think he um, – so far, has been a strong yes, voice a for strong his people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, we've got to talk about the legislative session here in the great state of Utah because they only have a week left, and this is sort of when all the excitement happens. If everyone crams everything in and gets it done. Um, a lot going on this week. It seems like the funding for the full-day kindergarten that we've been talking about I think is getting cut and changed um, as we speak while we're in here. Uh, the ballot initiative to end vote-by-mail dies. Um, Greg... This was a Republican measure. Did it have any reason to pass? Was there anything good in this? The,
2: the, the ballot measure on... Yeah. It was never going to pass. And it, it, look, it's... I, I think that it was a... I, I wasn't really excited about that, even that endeavor. Because I, I think that it's too easy to say that anyone who wants to stop vote by mail really wants doesn't want you to vote. It's a vote suppression effort. And if that's what the perception is, even if that wasn't the intention... That's a losing cause, as it should be. Um, Should we have chain of custody and should we have confidence in our election process? 100%. And if we have ways to improve it, we cannot be afraid to understand how people vote, make sure that those that are eligible vote, not let votes be canceled, and make sure chain of custody happens the right way, the, the, the proper way those aren't those shouldn't be partisan issues and that shouldn't be something that someone likes and someone else opposes we want open and honest elections and we want high participation and I, so
0: not only was i pleased that it died i was pleased that there was a, a for a moment there was somewhat of a sister bill associated mm-hmm. with it and i was really pleased to see that both republicans and democrats sort of stood up and said what greg said hey listen yeah. we've got a good system here you can trust it yes should we continue to tweak it for sure but um don't participate in voter suppression and scare tactics and i was really pleased i thought it got some momentum a month ago when the legislature was starting and i'm glad to see that it died
1: yeah it's interesting to see what's going to get wings and fly and what's yeah. going to die so that people one would dead. have
2: roundly rejected that ballot measure because it would have been so seen as voter suppression. Well, and and I mean, I don't have...
1: even think they
0: got one percent
1: of what no, they no, needed. No, Although sometimes a ballot um, measures surprise me, like when the legislature got the power of Grayskull to call themselves into session. Yeah, was awesome. I didn't I really see I the love, people voting no, I for totally that. People. I know that. We
0: amended that our constitution thing. with frivolity. Oh uh, no way! That
2: was so they great. They duped us. I did, that was <laughs> me. I was on the clock us. for that one. That was a great <laughs> one. We know
0: it. We know that's checks
2: and balances, baby. That's 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 the way the branches of government. That's the way the branches of government ought to operate. Uh, The governor shouldn't have to give permission for the legislature to call themselves in special session. That's why you have a legislative body.
1: And respectfully disagree. I know you do. Mm. But All right, let's it see if still you guys agree awesome. on this next one. Uh, the education earmark came up this last week. And this is uh, Utah legislative leaders are looking at a constitutional amendment that could change the longtime practice of using our income tax revenue specifically to fund education. That in turn would make it so we could eventually remove the food sales tax, which uh, has gained momentum over the last couple of years. Mara, is this something that's Going to actually stick in the next week. Am or I
0: wrong in thinking it got shelved yesterday? Did it get shelved? Uh, so Senate, I think, Senator I think the body said that. did to itself. They said it's not ripe, it's not ready. And I appreciated that because it's not ripe and it's not ready. And so I so think they, they shelved it yesterday.
2: I think it's an idea worth uh, talking about. And I think that the earmarks are antiquated. I think that the demand as the state grows on health and human services, all issues, all growth, I water. Would, transportation infrastructure is we're a growing state. Um, you know, education's never known a bad day. I'm telling you, they're going to get a giant education's WPU. Education's never known a bad day? They have, I'm I telling mean, you. The theme this 6% year has been WPU, let's
0: surveil them let and let take this. away.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, if, to, if this is a negative year with them, the amount of money they're going to see an increase in funding, you're never. There's never going to yeah, be a good year for education. But here's what I'm astonished so, with:
0: as you, as was uh, as actually their the their circular argument of public talk, ed talk about to the round well, of money One at a time. The I know, amount sorry. of money invested and in people chest thump, and I'm like, yes, we aspire to be what 39th or forty fifth be, in the, the state. Because the more you get, the more How they they appropriate
2: and they prioritize education in the budget, and the more they're told that the budget the education's underfunded, that's where cynicism grows, and you can't ever get in front of that argument because out of 50 states if you were to ask the teachers unions of those states are you are, is education adequately funded you would get 50 states that would say absolutely not here's, and it is not it has nothing to do with the amount there is there's never a day <laughs> where adequate funding of public education where all sides agree we've arrived it's never going to happen
0: here's where i'm glad we're not doing major education reform this year is on the heels of the exhaustion of COVID, which was born on the backs, it feels like, of the education system. Whether it's been that's on the, the kids, students, no, I mean it's all the parts. Teachers, it's it's the education students. had a really hard time. It's yeah. it's all parts of it. And I think that how exhausted we are by the brutality we've been through in the last couple of years, it's it's too much directing the policy conversation. So I'm glad that we're taking a time out this year and maybe getting some distance from COVID and long-term policymaking and education.
1: One thing that I do believe is still on the table right now is the eviction expungement. Uh, That's House Bill 359. You get to go next because I know you're going to have an opinion about this. As someone, I didn't even
2: know this bill existed. Actually,
1: I'm guessing you have a a feeling about this. So we're talking about expunging people's criminal histories in a different bill. This one would make it so I think after three years that you would get that eviction gone, so that you would have an easier time finding housing.
0: Is this a good idea? Or a great idea? I don't know why Greg would have anything but love. So Kirk Cummer is carrying it, and he's known for being sort of the guy sometimes on pro yeah prohibition. And they've brought the whoever you are called the landlords of america or whatever Department they,
2: association <laughs> whatever they,
0: they have those guys at the table they have low income advocates i thought they really sought consensus on this all this does is after a few years you can expunge an eviction from your record well, and i think it is significantly hurting people who are trying to better themselves i think this is a great bill and i think it was a consensus driven bill unless you're maybe a hater like citizen Hughes, it's, i don't
2: know how could you years hate enough In a tough rental market you yeah. want people that have a that have a, a rental history of of having honored their lease and if if you have to say no to someone i the people that deserve to have the consideration or prioritization are those that have honored their leases is in three past. years
0: not long enough no.
2: well is it for credit i mean you know when i when you do it when you do so. a, a credit check of someone do you know how many rc willie uh, credit uh, things are on people's credit I mean in healthcare things we don't just erase them if, so they even, if they're, even if they're prevalent you don't erase them so you, you might not never hold them against them because it's so prevalent but it's still the history I mean I, I I find the ability to honor or or to break a lease as relevant as anything else in your credit I think it's I think it's part of your history and it's and it and I'm telling you in a tight rental market you want to so be able to more rent
0: time because you can yeah. correct your credit score. Yeah, you can rebuild exactly right. your credit
2: That's score. right. So if it's if it if it mirrored what the credit scores say, then I would think that's a fair process. But I don't know where it gets some special kind of consideration versus the other financial obligations people either honor or break. You ought to know that when you're trying in a tough market where you're trying to find someone. Everyone's competing for finite housing. Those that honor their commitments and pay their bills ought to be prioritized over those that I think have, it was, have not.
0: An unanimous coming out of committee. I think it looks like it's got yeah. some legs on it. It's a
2: good thing I didn't know about it because I'd be. Everyone would think I was a Grinch.
1: You'd be out there speaking yeah. against it. Well, what would be the and fair and amount of time? Now quick?
0: we just think.
2: I don't know. What's, five years, what's, six w- years. I don't what know. is it when you if you have a bad mark on your credit? How long is that?
1: Take? I don't know because I have perfect credit. We would. I don't, know. <laughs> we, we <wouldn't laughs> I don't know. know. Whatever that is.
2: That's my answer. Right. I don't know.
1: Okay. Uh, this one, uh, I was happy to see through. We've been talking about this. I did a story back in November, or December of last year about um, the best friend and the widow who sat down to talk about Dr. Scott Jolly, who uh, died by suicide after he had to seek his own mental health care treatment at his own hospital. It did make it out of committee unanimously, but now um, it faces um, a House and a Senate battle. I hope it's not a battle, and then that one passed was through. It really would only affect the University of Utah. Do you see anything stopping that one, Mara?
0: No, I think this is solid. I think this came from a good place, and I think they actually drafted well. This yeah. is a tough part of code. Some parts of code are just are, are, are a little tougher to draft. This looks
1: like... Uh, it
2: Did was it have well any done. kind of fiscal note? That's the only thing that hangs bills it up. It does
1: not have a fiscal note on this one, so I think this one probably will be smooth sailing because and it really right. only basically tells, I think, the University of Utah that's healthcare right. system to do it. And I think they're hoping that once they do that, that, it'll become the norm, and then maybe IHC will right. sign on, and then yeah. maybe they can go get a congressional It's almost like a
0: test run, not quite, yes. but it has that yeah. sensibility. I think so,
1: and then maybe being a domino that falls. Another one that I've been personally tracking, I am like on fire about, I'm not very pleased about this, but the Utah Department of Health, um, we did the story back in November about um, the 100 questions. They basically force you to answer after having a baby if you would like a birth certificate, and if you'd like a birth certificate... Well, you don't really have a choice. I think you need a birth certificate in this country. So uh, State Auditor John Dougal, behind the scenes, has been negotiating with them for several months uh, to try to get those questions uh, narrowed down. Uh, Representative Perucci has been doing it, too. My last uh, conversation with them, they had it down to 27 questions. They thought they had a deal with the health department. They go forward, and then they realized there was a back door the health department was using. And I think the back door has always been open. But they ask the hospital to answer a bunch of questions about you. So they give you a list. I don't know if it's 100 or 50 or 90 questions, but they ask you to go into your HIPAA protected personal records and fill out the answers and then send them to the health department. So the negotiations, in my mind, were just for show because they were still going to get the information. Mara, is this um, sounding like it's happening in good faith?
0: So I I, I don't know if it was your story. I'm whooped up about this because this is one of those bills that does more harm than if there was no bill because it gives the appearance of solving yeah, right. a problem, right. and when you give, and so those who are being tricky, Department of Health, can say, "What are you talking about? Last year, remember we passed this. This does worse than that." So one of the things that I'm astonished by is it's not the number of questions; it's the violation of the right. It's it doesn't matter if you only <laughs> beat me ten true. times, not twenty times. And so the the point I I don't care how many number questions it is; it's violating a woman's fundamental rights. We're also violating state law. We've also also put these records are more and more at risk because we're not correcting the poison apple is, you know, from the poison tree is bad here and we're not correcting any of that. And then they frivolously put a fiscal note on it pretending that they're going to backtrack this woman's, these women's data, which they're no, making no realistic attempt, nor have they made the realistic, the first request they had for a single individual to take off her name was in August and they have yet to achieve that goal. Which so I nuts. have no faith in this system and I'm really worried that all the right words are there and all the people are saying the right things and it's worse than doing nothing because now they're hiding it.
1: And the problem here too is that uh, the state for so long has had this really covetable data because they claim it's almost 100% participation in it. Of course, it's <laughs> almost 100% right. Yeah, they're holding the baby's birth certificate <laughs> <laughs> over the your head. Yeah. So they, right after birth, know, too. So they claim that they don't sell the information, and I think by the very definition of selling that they don't, but they do charge a fee to people for whatever work goes on behind the scenes to give them the data. And I think that's why they want the fiscal <laughs> they bill. They lease it. That's well, awful. Yeah, nice. so once they <laughs> lose that money because they can't not sell it, right. charge a or fee for it, it, they're going to need some cash from the legislature. So the question right. is, do we give them that money they're asking for the hundreds of thousands of dollars or we say go back to your office and let's figure out how to this is where in
2: a in a a brief one of the shortest sessions general sessions in america our state does it about six six and a half weeks and and there's just so much to consume in terms of information and Mm -hmm. so many bills and so lawmakers are a mile wide and an inch deep in terms of how much information they can absorb to make good decisions on, on issues and it's I like the short session. It brings a lot of different people from all walks of life. I don't want to lose that, but this is, this is a problem because there are so many federal and state laws that protect someone's health information, and there's processes if you want to, if you want to do research and how you get that information from patients and the, and the expressed consent that they have to give, and everything that the Department of Health is doing is flies in the face of those laws. And there's nothing, if you could just line them up on one side of the ledger and then show their conduct and what they're doing to these mothers with their newborns, demanding information or trying to mine that information from the hospitals about them, it, it doesn't comport. You cannot, you cannot follow the federal and state laws on this side and conduct yourselves the way that the Department of Health and these hospitals are. And I think that is the discussion that needs to take place with policymakers. But it's being done at a time where everyone is drinking out of fire hydrants and they just don't have the information. So they see a bill like this. Sounds like Sounds everybody's good. getting on the same page. Yeah, it's a consensus bill. We love consensus bills. It's it's worse than – I agree. It's worse than – not having a bill at all, to have a bill that says it's doing something that it's it's plainly not doing.
1: And the thing that drives me nuts about this is that we've just gone through a pandemic where it's like, trust the health department. Listen to what the health department has to say. They have your best interest at heart. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. And so that brings us to the question of the CDC today that all of a sudden is ready to say... God bless your face. Bring it back. And so they're Yay. changing masks. <laughs> I the- don't care. I'll finally,
2: some good news from these people. I'll, I know. I'll take it. Well,
1: the it. CDC has, you know, been like science, science, science all the time. And we really are at the point where... Um, All of, you know, the cases are dropping, hospitalizations are dropping, deaths are dropping, we're heading in the right direction, but when they, I'm a cynic, when I saw um, how late the State of the Union was going to be happening when they decided the date, I was like, okay, well, at least we can guarantee that we'll have come out by the pandemic by then, because I think they're setting it late, so Biden could go out and say... Victory has been won. It's the Fourth of July all over again. You can have your masks off. You can breathe easy. You're allowed to go to parties again. Greg's thumb is
0: going crazy
1: on his phone I'm right now, to so find I want him, him to, find so him so 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 him to start because he is like, oh,
2: right? oh yeah, Greg, what are you looking he for? He is so frantic. I, I can't find it. I, I, but here's the thing: when the, it was announced uh, by Governor Cox that we were going to, you know, end the a, pandemic, and the pandemic, we're just going to be done. I looked at the COVID, our state COVID. You know, chart Numbers, yeah. about you know, what color are all, all the states mm-hmm. or all the counties? Crimson red. We're all Okay, still right now. so <laughs> I look at all the data. Okay, and there is not anything in that data that says, "Hey, we're in the green; everything's good." We just said one day. We just said, "Okay, we've actually done this a long enough that we're just going to quit pretending that you can stop
1: March thirty first you know,
2: highly contagious uh, viruses by you know laws and and you know CDC and everyone else. Do COVID doesn't counties? listen to laws. Yeah, so two counties 29 of twenty nine at this point.
1: I right. think are and not they were like red. orange.
2: They weren't even. I mean, it's. So I looked at the data and there was nothing in that data that would suggest that we were coming to the end of anything other than to say either we give up or we now are more humbled that we can't stop this virus like we thought we could just create policies that would. I don't know what, but the, but the data doesn't match what we're deciding to do now. And I would argue, and argue with the CDC, they're, they're not seeing data different than what it's been the last two years. They're just saying we're not – the things we've been saying, the things we're trying to do, they're not working. We're just going to have to – do our best to make good decisions. Get yourself vaccinated. Uh, social distance if you feel you need to. Be healthy, health and wellness. Emphasize that more. Whatever. I think. I think we're all tapping out. Thank just goodness. Want I, I be have been. I don't know if you noticed, but I've been ready for this day for a really? while. Really? Yeah. Kept I've been in. I've been. You've I've been here. That a little this is where I've been. You can start to
1: brushing your teeth, <laughs> grooming up your hair, decisions. your face. Get ready.
2: <laughs> Taking on the responsibility for myself, good and bad. I'm ready to take the consequences. So.
1: Mm. All right, so big changes are coming, so that's exciting stuff there. Uh, I wanted to go back to the legislature for a couple seconds because we didn't have time to talk about this last week, but uh, the filing deadline for some reason was – Bumped up just a little bit, so people who are actually in the legislative session are going to have to decide if they're going to run. And that seems to me—I haven't been in this position before—like asking a mom if she wants to have a baby while she's still while she's in having labor. the baby, and she's like, "I don't know. Let me push this one out first, and then we'll discuss it."
0: So the filing period for new candidates started at the end of February, and now you have to have filed for your office by next Friday, which is also the last day of the legislative session. So it is true that they are trying to decide. After the longest week, you know, they can have whether they want to, you know, redo this again. Uh, And I think you'll see maybe many of them waiting to see. Usually, you have a week or two to see who's jockeying. You can stop what you're doing at the legislature and check around your hometown and see See whose names are in the hopper and who's not. also, it follows some um, shorter, in many cases, signature gathering cycles. So you have to have – if so remember, signature gathering is different depending on what you're doing. But if you're running for office you, and you have declared, you had to have declared yourself a signature gatherer rather early. But your signatures have to be turned in, and that's in relationship to the conventions, right? Yeah. So when the conventions yep. come early, you've got the quicker turn with how many signatures you have to gather. So, yeah, I think at the point of exhaustion right now – They'll have to go no-go.
1: I know. And I,
0: remember, they're redistricted. So they're also <laughs> yeah, trying to districts. figure out they're, like who, who their opponents or proponents are, who, who yeah. got brawn in. Not only just those incumbents, but, you know, people who may run.
2: You know, um, I lived through this. On, I mean, the, the quickest turnaround, and it's changed over years, but really was you, you finish at midnight on the 45th day. And then there's, you know, you you don't walk out the building at it. 1201 you're still there so you're getting out of there there's not like
1: a party with jello wrestling but actually afterwards. there's actually we
2: all give gag gifts to each other yeah. after the session's over and like Everybody different different moments Bowl. that happened yeah that that were funny in hindsight people record those so they can we can laugh about them after the session's is over. is there a sleepover no <laughs> there's not and it, but you know you don't get out of there sometimes till after one o'clock 1 a.m 2 a.m did but you then- give
0: out gifts when you were the speaker
2: uh, gag gifts, yes. Not, not, not like whoopee
0: cushions Thoughtfully
1: or like no, not thought.
2: When I was a when I was a committee chair, I used to take pictures of us in committee, like different lawmakers in committee, and then write a letter thanking the committee for our work, and then I would give a picture, like an
1: earnest letter, yeah, like a
2: real letter, like yeah, like wow. serious. I
1: okay. like that a lot,
2: and I did because we, I, I chaired committees that had a lot of bills, and we did a lot of work, and there oh. was a lot. So I would.
1: Heidi and I
0: are looking forward to our earnest letter from you. <laughs> <Michigan. laughs> I'm one of those people who you know, thinks nice things. You know, all the Heidi time. dutifully
2: puts great topics every single week. She deserves an earnest letter. You just harass me. I don't even know what I could say earnest here other than no moss. I mean, I don't know what to say. But no, um, but literally the next morning, we've had filing deadlines start. Like, So you go to sleep, and then when you wake up that morning, filing has started. That's been exhausting. Having it in the last week, oh my goodness. I mean, I. that's a. Uh,
1: it's not for the week.
2: No, I I will. It'll be very curious because you will see people having challengers and they'll be doing that while they're trying to. Because, you know, last three days are when more than half the bills are passed or in the last three days. If I were going
0: to challenge, though, and I really didn't like you, I would have filed like February 29th. And I would just be, like, it's so much fodder during so the like session. So, like, sneak up on yeah, them? Yeah, well, no, I would just be, like, peanut gallerying their entire yeah. session. It would be unfair, but, hey, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, look I've at I've seen that. candidates do that. Look at them that. sleep in this, you know, committee. Look at all the <laughs> stupid things they There was they a say. former
2: television anchor that was well-known, and he decided he was going to run for office, and he basically just, just walked and stalked the candidate he was going to run against during the session. He
0: won, didn't
1: he?
2: He did. I, as I How do call I call?
1: not know who this is? It, his, Phil. Phil Reeson. Oh, Phil Reeson. Yeah.
2: He, he stayed the whole session and kind of just followed his opponent to committee hearings and
1: watched him. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like that might have been a time when I was out of the state because I don't remember that actually happening. It was
2: 2008.
1: 2008. Yeah, I was living in Florida then, so I missed out on that. I missed out on the Phil yeah. Reeson. So was he a senator or in the House? House. House, house member. member. Interesting. All right. Well, now I have, you know, something to put on my to-do list Mm -hmm. after I get done. Actually, uh, that might have been six. I don't
2: think it was eight. I think it was six.
1: Yeah. I still would have been gone by then. I think I left in 2005 for a five-year vacation on the beach and then Mm -hmm. came back because I was like, who needs ocean and sunshine? I know. Why would
2: you want Florida? That's a horrible place to be.
1: I know. It was terrible. Hey, uh, I want to bring up our last topic of the day. We were waiting to see uh, President Biden and his nominee. Uh, Biden announcing today that he will nominate, who I think everyone thought the top pick was, Ketanji Brown-Jackson uh, for the Supreme Court. Uh, Mara, is this a good pick? I know there's a lot of talking behind the scenes that maybe she doesn't have the experience. Uh, there's a lot of talk. Do we listen to that talk or do we wait oh, and no, listen until she sits she's down great- in
0: front of- pick. She checks a lot of boxes. She's actually gone through the confirmation process. I mean, she's been a federal judge. So this will be circuit, the third right? time yep. that people have taken a look at her. She's not a newbie to this process. Um, you know, one of the things I really like about her is she will be the first justice since Thurgood Marshall that brings defense experience, being a de- the defendant. And I think that is uh, overlooked often and a really interesting point of view. She also has just this expansive worldview. She grew up in um, D.C., and I think she grew up seeing some rough situations, and then she went to Harvard. And so she has lived in pretty... Rarified air. She's lived in normal air. She has also um, advocated for defendants. I think her worldview is going to be really Interesting. Um, brought to the table. The other thing is she's considered a consensus builder to some degree. She's taking the place of the man she clerk or would be if she gets if she gets through. She's taking Breyer's place and he was known as sort of a consensus liberal. And I think mm-hmm. she she appears to be cut from that cloth as well. So I think um, because she has been voted on by these same bodies before one would expect and i think early indications from the republicans they'll they'll trash talk a little because it's obliged but early indications seem to be that she should come through this process
2: yeah so there's like these betting sites political betting that you can do and she was the odds on favorite like runaway favorite. there's political betting yeah, sites yeah. where have i been so- so that was the. Have so you ever I,
0: placed a wager?
2: No, but I've hmm. watched them to see what they think. Cause I, I didn't recognize this name, and then I saw that the odds were so high, so I looked to see who this person would be. So that 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 was, and that that D.C. Circuit Court, I guess, has a lot of national issues or issues that have ha- been more prolific uh, than that she's ruled on. So there's some examples of you know where she where she weighs in, and I she, it's not her first rodeo on confirmation. So I think all those things are why. Uh, she was, you know, an odds-on favorite. I will say, and I think I've said this in past shows, I, I just think it would have been better to not call the shot that I'm going to look for the most qualified woman of color that I can find. I think that she would have been described better of all the available applicants, male, female, race, color, creed. This is the most qualified that I want to nominate and without without having to narrow it down amongst demographics. And I think it would have been a stronger pick inherently if it wasn't already picked by gender and color before she was uh her name was uh nominated
1: and both senator lee today and senator romney uh saying they're obligatory that we'll listen we'll listen to um what they have to say but as we've said she's been vetted before and i think really like mara mentioned that that vetting process is why biden picked her because it'll be an easy smooth transition and probably not a lot of Hallelujah! She, think she
0: gave a gave a great speech today. Um, she so they held a press conference and Biden said a little bit, but then she has her moment, and I thought she was great. She was clear, she was powerful, and she really smartly checked a bunch of political boxes. Yeah. And the people, and by political, I don't mean even partisanship. She sort of spoke to her family. She spoke to sort of where she'll position. She started to frame who she was, which is such a savvy move. So she did a really nice. I speech. need to go
1: back and watch that. I didn't have time yet because I always like watching watching how people interact behind right. the scenes and with family members and whatnot. So I think, it's I, I think
2: presidents have a right to nominate who they want to the Supreme court. I, I don't think it should be judged on the ideology of the, of the respective Senator, unless there is something uh, about the nominee that is, that you could argue transcends their political, where you would put them on the political spectrum. If there's something like that, I guess that that would be something that could disqualify a candidate. But I think Biden is entitled to nominate a candidate. And if they're, left of center and they're liberal is that a secret about biden it's not i mean that's to the, the president once, but i think it's a two-way street i think if it's a republican president that the same uh consideration should be afforded as well they have a right to pick their nominees and so anyway i don't i'd probably listen and as long as it wasn't like a criminal record and I, something I think I'd... Oh, can fine. I
0: freelance a little while we're talking about the Supreme Court? Oh, yeah. Um, I do think an issue that's really interesting to watch, if you didn't read that rather long-style article in the New York Times this week about Clarence Thomas and his wife, that is one of the most interesting issues. I'll try I, I and stay that. sort of above the partisanship there, but she... Um, it belongs to a powerful conservative and has this has been known right she yeah. belongs to this powerful conservative group and they have um been influential and um and and they're power brokers for for conservative issues in uh dc and across the nation and there was a really long one could say an expose about um The Times were clearly trying to draw a relationship between some contributions and some rulings by Clarence Thomas and really trying to unpack. Now, they respectfully said, you can be married and have your own careers. We're not making an assumption that just because you're married. But they were really putting into question her activities and how it related to his decision making. And um, I just thought it was interesting because I have not seen quite this I haven't seen that route before, where they and and it I had think a, it's a
2: mistake. I really do, and I. I well, I,
0: you should read it, Greg. She ha- yeah. they have some very specific. I mean, I don't know that you'll agree, but they have some some very specific. She has been an activist. I'm not actually indicting the justice, but now, she has been. You should have some empathy for two
2: people that are been public officials or have been I engaged and, in public and policy that and they you know made it and you clear might align that they made it
0: very clear that you can be married and that <laughs> in and of itself is not an indictment. And the fact that you align it, it's not
2: it's not nefarious, right?
0: No, it, it, it wasn't about alignment on issues. It was sort of about money. Okay. And it's that's an interesting well, question. Well,
2: it well that I will have to read the article, but I, I will say that that I, I I was present for a speech by Neil Gorsuch, Justice uh, Gorsuch, and he actually wanted to show the audience how often uh, how different justices vote that they, they, they you would think from the narrative that they all justices that are nominated by democrat
1: yeah, uh, presidents they, I, only I vote one this. way
2: and only they and ones by republicans only vote another way and it's a very very partisan court and he showed how the votes change so yeah. often yeah. and how frequently they vote together and and he was trying to just kind of lower that cynicism and that and and being you know painted in this broad, you know, partisan brush that that he argues doesn't actually exist if you look at the statistics and look at how they actually come to yeah. their vote. So- and I
1: think a lot of that probably comes from your worldview of how you were raised or maybe, you know, your specialty in law. But I think that anyone who gets to the level of the Supreme Court takes law seriously and they don't want to be looked, that as a partisan hack
0: well and we need to change our language because what they come to predisposed to is a judicial philosophy right? Yeah, they, right if they have partisanship it's whether they're originalists or so there, there is a philosophy that they tend to shield through it is not conservative liberal Republican Democrat it is a judicial philosophy some of those philosophies line up with politics occasionally and we confuse that that's right. we confuse that they are now operating in a whatever it is liberal or conservative way when rather they're following through on a consistent philosophy they have about judging the law
2: i read i read a a a speech that scalia had justice scalia had given and he he picked a very conservative issue and then used his process and how he sees the constitution and how he interprets it to show why he did not concur with this patently conservative position but he did it on purpose to say this is my method. It's this not, is how
1: I use. Yeah, that's I'm that's not right.
2: conservative or liberal. This is how I. This is my process. Kind of showed the
1: that's math. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was it.
2: Was actually I. Uh, I remember it. So it was. It was. There it was good. Go.
1: Yeah. All right. I like that a lot. I like consensus, and I also like on a week like this when this is heavy that we can all make a difference oh, in look our at, own look world. At,
2: look at. Look at the Klitschko's man, heavyweight champs. They're just built different. Look at this guy. He's, he's
1: still like, looking at pictures I'm, I'm of looking, the mayor. Look at the mayor. So he's got, he's got, he's same, he's in, so they can
0: all Google him and they can uh, see yeah, more. Yeah, it's like. Vladimir
2: Klitschko and uh, and Vladi Klitschko. I mean, they're brothers, and Vladi is the is the uh, is the mayor. But look at him. He's got his he's got his uh, machine gun. And he's got his. He's got his, He's in his camo. <laughs>
0: you are and, such a dude.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, that, that, that's Ukraine right there, man. They are just built different. These guys are tough. They are. Yeah, they are men tough. and women are tough. They're not going to take this line. Before we down. go, I
1: have to. T- have you seen the story? It's being shared, I think, um, on social media amongst, I think, a lot of Ukrainians Vitaly right Klitchko. now. But there's an older woman that was out fighting on the street with, I think a russian soldier in a mm. tank or something is i think i heard the translation on the radio and somebody translated it and basically he was telling her to go away and she's like no you screw off this is my country <laughs> and it basically ended with her giving him some sunflower seeds and said hey put these in your pocket so you know when you die on my land at least You'll something good it. will spring up from it <laughs> wow and i was like whoa you go i translated it all wrong but i'm ass. telling you they're, they're, tough. Wrong, they're, I'm telling you, they're not gonna, i'm telling you they're tough i'm i'm well, yeah. they need our backing. Yep. I know. Right. I hope I'll be like that, too. But I think when we're all frustrated with the world, we can look at the little worlds we live in, whether it's your neighborhood or your home or your school, and try to make that better, because that's essentially, you know, the building blocks of making a nice world, right? So,
0: Well said.
1: Go out and go be awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, good luck if you're a legislator and listening to us on your ride home with that last week. Uh, make wise choices, because if not, we'll talk about you next week. Thanks so much for being with us, and have a great weekend.